busting those records. Here we go. Here comes Niagara. Here comes that Joe. It's bright and so right. Radio 99. Niagara calls with music. Tops with you. The latest, the greatest, and time and temperature too. So here comes Niagara. This is Joe Niagara. For the next five hours, you'll hear hit records on Punk Till I Die. From now to 12 midnight, Niagara calls. I put down a wailing pound of sound. In those records, let's go, Joe. Here goes Niagara for another show. If you're ready... Back to the Punk Tide Die podcast number seventy three. That other AO you heard was Neil, of course. I'm Tom. How you? How's everybody doing? Yep. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing okay today. Yeah, it's an unusual day to be doing a show, but there you go. We had an unusual weekend, didn't we? We actually spent the weekend together, and we did not podcast. Right, we didn't. We just ran out of time, really, because um, of some other stuff that's going on. But uh, we're doing it the next day. So there you go. Well, and we want to react to, to what we did the weekend. You know, obviously, we went, we we did something that was kind of unusual. But first, we're doing something unusual with this episode, and it might be something we do a little more of in the future. While we haven't done any advertising or anything, we actually have a sponsor for today's show. We do. Pretty cool, and it's a product that we definitely use. As a matter of fact, I'm using the product right now. Would you like <laughs> to explain the product? <laughs> yes, you should. It's uh, yes, it's liquidy, right? So, so, so the sponsor of today's show, number 73, is Illuminated Brew Works out of Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, brewery out of Illinois, run by a friend of mine or, you know, uh, my friend Jason Monk, who you met on Friday. It's, and it's if you want to look them up, it's IBW-Chicago is their website. Yep. Dot com. So, and I got to tell you, I'm, so I'm currently drinking an Astronaut Eye Scream, which is an IP. Pizzitos in it, and it's really very good. Eight percent. Yeah, all. So of, if I start getting a little stupid by the end. Yeah, all the all the beers are all the beers are pretty damn strong, and they're all um kind of unusual. They all have some unusual. Well, a lot of them have a lot of unusual flavors and stuff like that. And the cans are very very bright. So if yes. you see them in lots, the liquor store, lots of IPAs, and they do cans, so they are available. So yeah, check them out. So yeah, yep. So this show this show is brought to you by the good folks at Illuminated Ellen. Brew Works out of Chicago. <laughs> Like I said, it's definitely a product we can get behind, you know. I, I so I think our it's a limited amount of selling out, just because we actually use the product, you know. Well, and we know the people that run the place too, and they're very cool. So you know, in fact, it was funny. Um, so picture this: so on Friday, I, uh, Tom and Tom and his friend Scott came in on Friday, and um, we pretty much immediately went went downtown, right, because we wanted to get a drink and some lunch. And then we wanted to do some record shopping at a at a at a at a record store that's that's by one of the bars we were going to. Um, 
shout out to D-Man Tap. That's a that's a great place to go. Well, we went to the bar specifically. We went to the bar specifically because it was related to the record store. So we actually got like with our receipt, we actually got ten percent off at the record store. We did. So that was pretty cool. But anyway, so we we can talk about that. We can talk about that more in a minute. But um, the thing that was funny was so we went we went to the bar before we went to the D-Man Tap. Uh, Demon Tap before we went to uh, Bucket of Blood Records. We shopped yeah. at Bucket of Blood for like an hour. And then after we were done, we went back to the Demon Tap because yeah. then they, because with the receipt from the from the record store, we got free shots at Demon Tap. But anyway, my friend Jason met us, went with us. And um, so we're done. So we're drinking in Demon Tap. And then Jason goes back out to his car. And what does he do? He brings us out a case a case of the beer. So we had so we was drinking in a bar. Oh, boys. Yeah, with a, cans. Yeah, with a case of uh, twenty four cans of uh, stuff to take with us. So that was that was pretty funny. So I guess I guess the bottom line is, if you want to be a sponsor for a show, reach out to us. It's surprisingly affordable, probably. <laughs> yeah, we're easily so, bought with beer, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no, it was fun. Well, yeah, it was it was fun, right? Because the the bar, you get ten percent off at the record store with your receipt, and then your receipt from the record store, you get a shot at the bar. So in a perfect world, you know, non-COVID world, we'd probably go over there, have a drink, go buy one record, get a receipt, go have a shot, go back, buy one more record, or a shot and a beer, then go back and have buy one more record for ten percent off. Yep. I mean, I think I figure they would. I figure they would suss it out after a while, but I don't think they would care. To tell you the truth, so maybe, maybe not. Yeah. So, so, so why don't we, why don't we play a song before we get into the meat of why we picked this weekend to get together? Um, of course, uh, Pierre Kesdi from Naked Raygun died last week, or yep, yeah, last week, yeah. Now I I know you and I are both Naked Raygun fans. You have much more of a sort of personal knowledge, or a better knowledge of the band than I do. Um, you had met him at least, right? I don't know if you knew him personally, but you you'd met Pierre over the years. Um, yeah, I've met him. Um... He had actually just joined the band when my band McWilson, that you love to make fun of, when we our first gig was warming up for Naked Dragon at Mabel's down in Champaign. So, uh, yeah, he was new with the band then. So, um, you know, I got to speak to him a little bit then. And, uh, you know, I've seen Naked Dragon numerous, numerous times throughout the years. So, and the funny thing is, we actually have a family connection, too, because he was from Evanston. And um, and there was some connection through, through my ex-wife. So it was uh, it, kind yeah. of interesting. Kind of interesting, interesting. how that one. Guys are practically cousins. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he so passed been, last. He'd been in. Deluge. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say no. He'd been in bad health for a while. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, he pa- he passed uh like last week at some point. Um, so last last Wednesday maybe. So maybe two or three. Let me hear this, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so even though this uh the the event that we went to wasn't specifically because of him, it was actually Pegboy's thirtieth anniversary show, supposedly. There was a lot of, of Pierre love there in the crowd and giveaways and stuff like that. So um so yeah. So we should play a naked Reagan song, Neil, and which and of, of their pretty big catalog, what do you what would you choose to share? Um I'm starting I'm actually gonna play two Naked Reagan songs today. Um okay. I am gonna start off with Soldier's Requiem. Hmm. Interesting choice. So uh yeah I wanted to well I wanted to play ones that he had written. Mm, okay. And um or he was or he or he co wrote anyway. And um you know this is this is this is one of my favorites. So this is uh this is Soldier's Requiem by Naked Reagan. Right. 
there, Soldier's Requiem. Um, geez, what what album is that off? I, I think it's off Jettison, right? I believe that's off Jettison. So, um, first track, first track on the album, I believe. So, yeah, great song that one. Great song. It is. It's, a weird, it's also a weird song to start an album with, just because it doesn't start right off. Pow, you know. Um, no, but it's got the it's got the killer sing along chorus. Yep. And stuff like that. So you know that's. Uh, but like I said, I wanted to choose one of the ones that he wrote. So, uh, you know, so there you go. You know, and I didn't want to do Vanilla Blue because that's the one that everybody kind of goes to automatically. So I wanted to do something a little bit different from that. So there you well, go. Well, it's ironic that it was Vanilla Blue because that was the encore, obviously, for the, the show we went to. So so we wrestled with whether or not to go to this thing. It's Pegboy's 30th anniversary, and, of course, all the clubs are, show, are closed. So they decided to have their 30th anniversary show in a parking lot, essentially. Yes. Well, well, was it, a, well a it, it was like a, a parking temporary lot. temporary drive-in movie theater that was set up as a drive-in movie theater, but they were also having concerts. It was, I think, you know, Riot Fest had a hand in it, so they had a big a big old uh, portable stage over in the parking lot. It wasn't like it was just, you know, on a picnic table or something. Well, it's, at, it's actually the parking lot for SeatGeek Stadium on, in Bridgeview, which is where the Chicago Fire, it was, it was purposefully built for the Chicago Fire, and they played there for maybe... 12 13 years but they re- the Chicago Fire soccer team recently moved back to Soldier Field so SeatGeek Stadium is now basically just sitting empty so um yeah they're doing anything they can probably to raise revenue so yeah they had decided to do this driving concert in the parking lot so that's that's kind of where it was right and we certainly wrestled with whether or not to go to it just because you know I've been going to shows for 30 years you've been going to 40 year for 40 yeah. years and it's just like you know, that's not the experience. That's not a punk rock show, right? I mean, that's like going to see Rush or Rotley Crue or something. You can kind of sit back and, you know, sit there and watch the show. But for a punk rock show, man, that really doesn't work, I don't think. Well, it's even worse than that because it's not even just like you were sitting on the grass at a big arena or something like that. You were actually in your car. I mean, you could well, get out of your car if you wanted, but it was freaking cold. Yeah. You know. Well, it was cold and, and it was, you know, it was... So the bottom the bottom line is we wrestled with whether or not to go, um, and we were going to buy like the VIP, which was the first five rows. Right. But Neil ended up. A lot of the local record stores were actually giving away passes. So Neil managed to get us a free pass. Yep. General admission pass, which I don't know if that speaks to the fact that it wasn't selling well or not, because there was actually quite a few people there. I thought. I mean, there was more people there than if they would have played in a club. I think. Yeah, but the parking lot still had room for. Another, well, yeah, another hundred cars at least, right? Cars there, and yeah. if there's three or four people in each car, I mean, I love Pegboy, but they're not drawing. Right, they're not drawing a thousand people, right? Or people to a club, right? Right, yeah, for sure, for of course, sure. Of course, the opening band that we'll get to in a minute, I guess, you yeah. can, is probably actually a little bigger draw. Um, so yeah, Neil got a free ticket, so we decided to go, and we actually ended up in the sixth row. Yeah, I guess, made, a, I guess it was a I guess it was a sixth row because of yeah, COVID. So the cars really were makes, socially it really distanced. Makes me glad. <laughs> yeah, because if we would have got only in the I fifth think. row, it would have. Anyway. But anyway, like I said, we did not end up paying. And if we were, if because three of us were in the car, if we would have got the VIP, it would end up being close to fifty bucks a piece. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Which, which, which once again, not you know, not only are you used to a much more intimate show, but you know, Pegboy is probably a fifteen to twenty dollars show. Right. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Of course, the beer sales are probably you know a lot bigger percentage there too. Um, it was definitely an older crowd. I mean, we fit right in, right? I didn't see a ton of younger people. No, there wouldn't. I mean, geez, there was no bands on that on that on that bill that were going to. Uh, well, let, let let's talk about that. It was sure. so. 
Uh, first band up with the Ball Weevils from Chicago. Yep. Again, started in the 90s, so you're not going to get any young kids going, you know, particularly excited yep. about that. Um, then we had Jake Little... Uh, Jake Little Burns. <laughs> Jake Little Burns. Jeez. Yes. Yeah, that's his new name, right? Before, yeah, new name. <laughs> um, we had Jake Burns from Stiff Little Fingers doing like a solo acoustic like half hour, you know? Uh, then we had Local H, who I didn't know at all, but uh, Tom knew because I guess they had a hit in the 90s or something you said, right? Yeah, they, well, they're and they're from Zion. I don't know where Zion is, but they're from Zion, Illinois, so they must consider Chicago home, I guess. Yeah, it's a northern suburb or something, so I've never been to Zion, but I think it's, yeah. And then the headlines were Pegboy. So all local, you know, Chicago area bands, because Jake Burns lives in Chicago now, if people didn't know that. Uh, and has done for a while. Uh, nobody's, nobody's touring. So. Nobody's I mean, what? Nobody was going to come from very far, right? Right. Nobody's right. coming from very far. Nobody's touring. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we were already sort of irritated by the time we got parked. <laughs> yeah, we were. I mean, how much of this I mean, do you we want? We are grumpy old men, but the thing is, everybody there was a grumpy old man, and we already kind of had a bad attitude about it. Um, But it wasn't really that big a deal. It wasn't that big of a hassle. It, it ran fairly smooth. It did. It did. I mean, I, I have to admit, I have to admit it. I mean, okay, it didn't seem like at first when we got there, when the when the gates opened or whatever, it didn't seem like the security people really knew they weren't terribly organized and no one really seemed to know what they were doing particularly. And the spacing of the cars seemed a little random. It's not like they had boxes drawn on the ground or anything. It was just yeah, kind of like axes on the ground. Right. And the guys direct parking didn't seem that sharp and they sort of lost interest after a while. Right. They did. Just sort of wandered away. Yeah. You know, and they and they wanted to search the car, which got us very, very annoyed too, to make sure you weren't bringing booze or anything in. So, right, that got Scott well, particularly heated. There was no, there was no outside food or, or beverage, right? Right. And I had my wife's car, pretty big car. Um, we had a flask in the dash. You did, yes, true the enough. The reason we didn't have two flasks is because I forgot mine. Right. Um. So and but the other thing is we had eaten some deep dish Chicago. He was, and we yeah. totally forgot about it. And it was literally sitting on the seat. The, I, think, I think our saving grace was that I had all my records piled on top of it. Right, right, yeah. So we snuck in pizza and flat. Yeah. So we're already breaking the rules, right? Yeah. No, we we did. Unknowingly, we were breaking the rules. But the funny thing was, the the pimply-faced security guard, <laughs> and I say security guard in, in quotes, um, he actually made us open up the trunk so we could look in the trunk, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that got Scott particularly irate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're we're white males of a certain age. We're not used to being harassed by security. But it's but it's like you know what? Even if we even if we did, would that would that have been the worst thing in the world? Well, it would have been super easy to sneak beers in. Right, it would. Yeah, whatever. yeah. And in hindsight, we probably should have. But anyway, yeah. Um. So, so we get situated, and it's funny because you know, so they're doing the sound check right out in the open. Yep. And Pegboy's on stage doing their sound check. Yep. And, and they, they sounded, and they they sounded great, right? They sounded great. Yeah, it was like maybe this isn't so bad. You know, it was kind of weird. We had some lawn chairs, but we never did end up setting them up. But I had my window down. You know, we kind of they ended up projecting kind of on the big screen. So when the bull weevils went on, so let's talk about the bull weevils first. Well, and hold on a second. Hold, more, hold on a second. But but okay. before you get to that, before you get to that, so yeah, when we got there, Pegboy were doing the sound check, um, yeah. which which was weird because you know right at show yeah, start basically. I don't know. Don't know why they yeah. couldn't have done it in the afternoon, but um, so it was it was still light at the, light out at that point. I think it was five o'clock when we got there. Yeah, of course five they were only yeah. 
Um, and it was my my watch said it was like fifty five degrees, but when I looked on my phone, real feel was like thirty eight. So it because it was windy. So it certainly wasn't warm to be sitting outside in a in a in a, in a lawn chair or anything like that. So, but anyway, yeah, the first band on with the ball weevils. So Tom, there you go. Talk about that. Um, so it wasn't quite dark yet, which was so it actually the visuals got much better as it got darker. Yeah. Um, but you know I've seen the ball weevils a bunch of times, and honestly, they just always put on a good show, and they did there too. Now it's hard to sort of. I imagine, at least from my own perspective, I think it'd be pretty hard to be so energetic as Dr. Daryl, the singer, is running around, jumping around like a like a maniac, like a possessed gymnast or something. Yep. Um, but I thought they did it. I think he was. Considered, it was a great set. They played well. Played yeah. about maybe what, like thirty-five minutes. Yeah, I played about thirty-five minutes, and you know, I have seen him before, but I'm not that familiar with their music. But I was super impressed. They were super tight, super professional, and he was he was all over the stage. So that helps you get into it, you know, when he when he's obviously as enthusiastic as he is. And uh, yeah, they had some really good songs. So they were they were an eight out of ten for me straight off the bat. So we were thinking this is looking good, right? Yeah. And before they started playing. You know, he gave a little bit of an emotional thing about a the pandemic because he's a doctor, and b the uh, uh, Pierre. You know, th- this, those guys are all all those Chicago bands are pretty tight knit, so they dedicated yeah. their set to Pierre too. Yep, which was cool. Um, so yeah, no, the boys were always a good show, and you know, and they like I said, they played thirty five minutes. It was nonstop. It was no BS. They did their thing, and they got off the stage. Um, and yeah, definitely great off to a great start. And, and I think you said, or they said, you know, it's just good to be hearing live music again. Yeah. Even if it's a little unorthodox, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. And so, so let's play another song because I want to, I want to put in a, let's do a Pegboy song. Yep. Um, because Pierre actually played on the, the Pegboy only did three albums. Yes. Like 90 and then I think the last one was 97 and then there's another one in the middle. Yep. And Peter right actually played on the second and third ones. Okay. So he has a Pegboy connection too, um, even though I'm going to play something from the first album because I love the first album so much. So let's do, uh, let's play Pegboy Superstar from uh, Strong Reaction.
there it was. Pegboy um, Superstar off the Strong Reaction album. Um, yeah, so after the Ball Weevils went off, um, you know, half hour of setup or whatever, and out ambled Jake Burns onto the stage with... Uh, it was a little too long of a setup, wasn't it? It was, considering, because we didn't know, right? It didn't say if it was going to be... Gonna... We, I yeah. mean, we, we knew it wasn't going to be Stuff Little Fingers because obviously they're stranded. Probably most of the band is still Irish, so they're stranded across the sea. But it, we didn't know if it was going to be like a local makeup band, you know, with Jake Burns playing, a, yeah. you know, playing Stiff Little Fingers songs. But no, it actually was just Jake coming sitting down with an acoustic guitar. So that being said, I don't know why it took 30 minutes plus for him to set that up. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that long. It was like 25 minutes, but oh, it still okay. seemed like a long time. Because he started right the crack of Sabbath. Yeah, okay. All right. And I think Bowie's played till about 6.35 or so. Okay. But still, for an acoustic and a microphone. Yeah. So it's gotten I dark mean, usually, by this. And not only that, but you'd expect the next band to be almost ready almost directly. Because yeah, once he's, he's just... done, they could pretty much already have the next band setting up or be doing it while the... Yeah. But they pretty much started, every band pretty much started on the hour. Maybe that was the plan. Yeah. So I, I don't because there was certainly no setup to do after he was finished his set. Not like he had to move a drum kit off or anything like that. No, he just had to amble off. So Jake Burns, so Jake Burns sits down with an acoustic guitar and goes through I don't know eight songs, maybe eight or nine songs in you know thirty five minutes or something. Now what did what did you think of it? Because we had pretty similar thoughts, but I'm interested to hear exactly what 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 you thought of Jake's set. Tom, I oh, so. Yeah, I'm losing you a lot tonight, Eel. I wonder what the heck. You got bad internet today? No, I, I'm the only one here with... And no, it's all good. Okay. Yeah, you keep, say, you... you keep dropping off, and then you talk like twice as fast as usual for like, for like See, 10 seconds. See, I swear seconds. I'm losing you today. I'm huh. so, sick of the, so sick of our tech issues. Yeah, maybe we'll just go to Zoom and fuck Skype. I think that's what, I think that's what the issue is. I don't know. And maybe I, I got my new hotspot. I, maybe I just need to move it up here when I do this. I don't know. No, I'm I, th- sure I, th- I think it's I think it's the Skype on your laptop to tell you the truth. I don't think it's your internet connection. I think it's Skype that's doing it to you. Well, I think everyone in my house is probably streaming something right now. So, well, that could be hurting you too. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, Jake Jake Burns, what did you, you think? My, my thoughts on Jake Burns. His performance was just okay. At times, sloppy. His voice was eh, just okay. But I love the stories between songs. Every story between songs was great. And what he lacked in like qual- like sharp sounding performance, I thought he was his passion made up for it. I really enjoyed it. I think that was a rare experience. I love Stiff Little Fingers, but to see Jake just sit down and play those songs, that was awesome. To me, that was probably the highlight because I've never seen it and I'll probably never see it again. That's true. I I agree with everything you said. I mean, I wasn't quite as harsh as you on the on the on his voice or whatever, um, but um, I agree completely. The the songs between the I mean, the stories between the songs were, were fantastic because he introduces every song he plays, basically. And uh, it's like each one storytellers that old show where you just sit down and talk about a song and then you play it. Dude, seriously, I could have sat there and listened to him for hours, literally. I agree. You know, and it was a little weird hearing, you know, alternative Ulster or uh, you know some of the more aggressive songs, Nobody's Heroes or whatever, playing on the acoustic guitar. But for the most part, he was fairly true to the original arrangement, and it was really good. I know the one time he really varied from the original arrangement, you were pretty bad out of shape. Which yeah, which song? one was it? Was that Suspect of Ice? He did it kind of country. I can't remember what song that was. But, uh... Such great songs, you know. Yeah. It speaks to the power of the songs that it even strips on their good, right? Yeah. Um, so, 
that was that was that was you know that was one of those little moments like i said where you might you know might be the only time we ever get to see that so yeah so let's see he did he did suspect device he did alternative ulster he did um oh. i actually have to sell this to my phone let me look oh you do okay i know he, he did, did a rory gallagher song yeah he did a rory gallagher song he did i don't know anything about rory gallagher he did gotta get away he did, uh... Here we go, here we go. He opened with Gotta Get Away, then did Nobody's Hero, which is great because he told that Pete Townsend story. Yep, oh, that was a good one. They played Wasted Life. Wasted Life, that's that, right, yeah. He played the Rory Gallagher tune, Barley with the Grape, or something like that. I, I don't know, I'm sure somebody knows that uh, is a Rory Gallagher fan. I, I really, is guy's barely on my radar. Um, then he did Not Going Back, which was the new song, like, from their most recent album, like, five years ago. Oh, that's not called My Dark Places? The album was called My Dark Places, and I believe the song was called Not Going Back. I might be wrong, but hmm. okay. I think I think I think I, I think it actually um, is My Dark Places. Place, actually, then he did a song. Wow, this is I'm bad. Gonna look it up. I'm this, gonna Google it. This is terrible tonight. What's that? Our connection? Or yeah, our... it's just it's probably the worst it's ever been. Really? Yeah. Hey Cheryl, do me a favor. Go grab that hotspot and bring it up here, would you? I'm gonna try something different, but we'll keep going in the meantime. Yeah. Because when I listen back, that irritates the crap out of me. Yeah. On the rare occasion I listen back. I mean, I mean, uh, it's 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 super obvious tonight because it's like we drop out and then literally your voice is double speed for about 15 seconds, so it sounds like you've been turned on like two times speed. Excellent. Two yeah. times speed. <laughs> like. Then you put yeah. Then drinking. Just dropped out again. Yep. Hello, Tom. Silver Lining from his third album. What's that? Did you lose me entirely that time? I Did. heard beep. Yeah, lost entirely, completely that time. All right. It's not my internet from now on. Whatever it is, I'm going to blame it on Bill Gates or somebody. No, it's, um, I think it's Skype, which would be a Bill Gates thing. Oh, there you go. Let's go to his house and throw eggs at it. Yeah. But yeah, then he, then he Silver Lining. Uh, silver so lining, yep, yep, album. off the third of off, uh, yeah. Then alternative Ulster closed with. Yeah, yeah. And he also he also for about thirty five minutes. Yeah, so it was a great set with so. the song with the with the stories between the songs. It it was awesome. The Pete Townsend one uh, was. Do you want to tell the Pete Townsend one real quick? Well, he just he was talking about how he somebody called him when he was in the studio working on must have been the second album, I assume. And yeah. Townsend, he pretty much told him to f off because he didn't really think it was Pete Townsend, and the engineer came in and yelled at him, "Why do, yeah. <laughs> why do you hang up on Pete Townsend or something?" And they said, "Well, he's nobody's hero or something." Like, he goes into nobody's hero, and that was fun. My favorite one was actually the alternative Ulster story. No, but the funny when thing was, was just 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 going back to that story again a second. So the long the long shot of it was Pete Townsend. They were supposed to be going on a tour with the Who, and uh, Pete Townsend then decided not to take him. <laughs> So yeah, I suppose that is pretty mean. Yeah, that could have made a big difference. I suppose. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but the one I actually loved was the alternative Ulster one, where he was talking about how uh, about some local fanzine mm. wanted to use one of his songs on a flexi, and instead of using one that was on the new album, he decided to write him one, and he wrote him that song, and he asked the guy what he thought, and he said he thought it was shit, and they never used it, and it ended up becoming like their biggest song. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty. That guy's got to have egg on his face now. Yeah. For sure. Well, they said he on to like found New Musical Express or something. I think he had an okay career despite his dissing of the stiff little fingers. So. Well, that, but it makes sense because New Musical Express is a piece of shit. So that makes sense that he wouldn't recognize good music if he <laughs> stepped over it, you know. 
I never, say. I never read it. It's an English thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it was what. Well, no, when I was when I was a teenager, that's man, it was like the Bible. We got it, that and sounds. We got it every every Thursday and poured through it and stuff. But then, little by little, it became the Bible of political correctness and just so far up its own ass it wasn't even funny so i stopped i stopped reading it and then it went out of business so now it's just on it's online only there's no paper version of the enemy anymore so so it was like it was like the uh trendsetter for mrr for maximum rock and roll yeah basically but a bit a lot more student oriented so like sounds was more like oi street punk stuff and the enemy went very um studenty and and anti anything rock anything kind of like that you know, it went against that and wanted to kind of be funky and it would break new bands and then like, and then like diss them after like their first single, you know, it was that kind of thing. It was mm. hip, hipper than now kind of typical shit it used to drive the fuck, drive me crazy. So anyway, so, uh, yeah, that was good. Why don't, you, why don't you play another song and then we'll talk about the probably most famous band of the night and also the oddest fit. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to play so I'm going to play a stiff little finger song, but I'm not going to play any of the obvious ones cuz everybody knows it and we've probably played some of them before. So I'm actually going to play that song off their last album um which came out like well, like 4 years ago. Yes. And it was about I mean, um it's called My Dark Places and it was uh Jake wrote it about his dep- about his uh depression. You know, he'd struggled with depression for a long time. So it's uh you know, it it's it's a great song. It's not quite the pace of some of the early stuff, but it's a great song and very hard hitting. So um this is Stuff Little Fingers with My Dark Places. <laughs>
there. Uh, my dark places, stiff little fingers. Hopefully, you guys could all understand the words to that because it's uh, it's it's you know it's it really is the story of his of his uh, battle with depression. So yeah, pretty. So I had, pretty good. I had it one hundred percent backwards, Neil. The album is no going back. Okay, the album. And yes, the song and, is my dark places. And what year did it come out? 2014. Wow, six years ago already. Shit. It was the okay. first, I think it was my first or second year writing for Punk News. I think my first year, and I remember it was in my top 20 that year. Yeah. I mean, it's a great album. It's an underrated album because it's different, obviously. I mean, not, I mean, it couldn't be, he couldn't write another inflammable material when he's in his 50s, right? I mean, that's silly. So, but for what it is, it's very, very good. Very, very good album. So. Well, and the fact of it is, it's definitely more, more punk rock album than some of the mid career stuff. Yeah, I mean, the mid-career stuff, he did wander a little bit, and they got in uh, Bruce Foxen from the jam, played bass with him for, like, 15 years, for God's sakes, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, but uh, some of the mid-period albums are still good, too. I mean, I've got, like, Flags and Emblems and a couple of the other ones, and they're all okay. They all have some some great songs on them, you know, just mm. some of them have the 90s production or whatever. You know, they suffer from some of that, but, uh, sure. yeah, still some good stuff. Well, I gotta tell you, man. Since the hotspot's been up here, I don't I haven't heard you cut out yet. I don't right? Know if you've heard, me it's, cut out no, yet. it's been much better. Well, screw the kids and their streaming HDTV or whatever they're doing downstairs. Damn straight, it's much better. Thank you, Cheryl, for doing that. Yes, <laughs> it's made a world of you difference. It, should I push my luck and text her to bring me another beer? <laughs> uh, she might throw it at you. Illuminated Brewworks. Yes, yes. Let's talk about Illuminated Brewworks some more. Thank you for the beer, boys. We'll. Yes. Uh, We'll look forward to some. We'll look forward to some more, and maybe there's some exciting things coming ahead for Illuminated maybe, Brewworks. But we can talk about that maybe, when it happens. Maybe that's just a, maybe that's just your wet dream. You know, we'll yeah. see. No, no, um, would be that would be pretty fucking cool though. But anyway, so Jake Burns exits exit stage right, and next up is Local H, who I'd never who, heard of. I I I mean, I I admittedly, you know, the '90s were somewhat of a lost decade for me um i was into a, a lot of Britpop type stuff oasis and these animal man new wave of new wave stuff so and some more rock and rolly punk stuff so bands like local h and even nirvana to a to a certain extent i didn't really give the time of day so do you want to tell some of the some of the listeners who local h are neil, in case... was, neil was busy in the 90s with his raccoon sanctuary yeah oh no sorry <laughs> that was inside joke that inside was somebody joke. else anyway yeah um so um I just, I mean, they had a huge hit, 1996, I didn't know the year, I had to look it up, it was called Bound for the Floor, and you, I mean, 90% of you are going to know it, Neil didn't know it, but this song was on the radio so much, it was, it was a huge hit, and it's still on the radio, very Nirvana-ish. Tommy, um, Tom, you, you got to remember though, buddy, a lot of our listeners are in the UK or in Australia or whatever, so I'm betting they don't know it either. I bet you they do, Neil, this song was a huge freaking hit. All right, let's everyone write in and tell us if you know Local H. There you go. I mean, do we have to play it? No, you don't want. We don't want to play it. No, right? I don't want to play it because I listened. I listened to it and I don't like it. <laughs> it's a good song. I know, Is I it? I disagree. I actually think it's a good song. It's, I mean, it's a Nirvana. It's a very Nirvana-ish song, but I think it's fine. It's very catchy. I don't turn it off if it comes on the radio. Unlike Oasis, if that comes on, man, I'm right off to the next channel. Well, that's um, just silly. Then that's just wrong, Tom. That's just wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's funny because they have a that was a gold album, and I actually have it on CD. It's called. Uh, better off dead or something like that i can't remember what the name of the album is but it's like remember when like everybody sold like a million cds in the 90s right right like every band went platinum that actually went gold so like you hit the dollar bin at the cd store and sometimes you could find some cool stuff so i actually like rescued that out of the dollar bin Hmm. so i have the cd somewhere don't ask me where 
not prominently displayed. But anyway, it, it was a good song, and they were pretty big. They were also a two-piece band before Yeah, which the is White unusual, Stripes. right? I, I didn't know yeah. that, and so I was kind of impressed that it was just guitar and a guy playing the drums. Yeah, they make a lot of noise. And they the, do. The, the guitar has these... The guitar player, I don't know if he makes them or he gets these custom guitars that have like a, a bass pickup on them and a guitar pickup. And he must have some way to split them because or switch him back and forth because he can do make like just bass sounds mm-hmm. you notice but anyway yeah so it, it was actually a pretty hard charging set right like they were i mean it wasn't necessarily my thing but it was like really hard fast kind of grungy punky grungy sound yeah he was all over the place and the drummer i have to say the drummer is excellent i mean the drum i guess in a two-piece band you have to have a good drummer but he was uh he was truly excellent yeah um and so, yeah, yeah i mean were- i was for the first half of the set, I was pleasantly surprised. I was enjoying yeah, it. The first half hour, I'd say they were doing good. I think the tide kind of turned. So they brought up the singer from Pegboy. Remind me his name. No, they brought up the guitarist from Pegboy. John Haggerty. No, wasn't it the singer that played guitar too? Anyway, it doesn't matter. No, it was Haggerty because he had, he, had, he had a mask on, remember? Ah, uh, to yeah. join them for a cover of Motorhead's We Are the Road Crew, which sounds great, right? It but... normally does, yeah. <laughs> what happened, Neil? It was pretty funny, actually. They, um, Local H, I guess the guitarist, I guess he tunes his guitar down like a half an octave or something, right? Like drop E, yeah. Yeah. And so John uh, Haggerty didn't know that. So when they both started playing it, they were both, it was completely off. It sounded terrible, you know? (laughs) They had to stop, like, halfway through the first verse to retune. So I guess it speaks to how kind of on the fly this event was. Yeah. Like if you were at a club and you'd had like 14 PBRs, you'd just laugh, right? Right, right. But for some reason, it was that much more awkward when you're all sort of sitting around semi-lucid in a parking lot? Well, it was a really good way to lose the audience because I'm guessing a lot of the audience, well, maybe they knew it like like you say, but, you know, it was mainly Pegboy slash Naked Reagan fans there. So probably not the biggest local age fans. No, we are the road crew by, by Motorhead. Right. It's it's a pretty well known song, but anyway. Yeah, but not the way they, they played it at first. <laughs> yeah. well, and they fixed it, and they played through it, and it was yeah. fine. And honestly, that at that point they were about at the thirty thirty five minute mark. I think about thirty five minutes, and they should have called it a day, and it would have been good. Either that, or played their freaking big hit. But instead of that, they went a different direction. Why don't you explain to the lovely audience what they did next, Neil? <laughs> They decided to do, I don't know, if because they I, apparently they've released a new album. So maybe they decided to finish with a song that's on the new album. You know, I, I, I couldn't tell really? you what the name is of the song is. on the new album? I have no idea. Oh, I, I have no idea either. I'm just saying I can't imagine el- why else they played this fucking song. Because they played some that's jam. Yeah. It went on for like, it, honestly, it, it seemed 15. to go on for 20 minutes. It was about 15 minutes. I mean, yeah. and, it, and you know, and it was one of those ones where even after the, even if the song has ended, after the song has ended and the drummer stopped playing, the guitarist just decided to make all kinds of weird noises and feedback and shit for five minutes, and it was like, wow, as as excited as the crowd had been, you just lost the crowd completely, right? Yeah, well, us at least. But the fact of the matter is, they probably had as many fans there as anybody. They probably had close to as many people there for them as Pegboy. They did, but there was only. But did you notice when they'd finished after that last song, there was only a smattering of applause. Oh, nothing worse than a man. I've played in bands for years, and there's nothing worse than a smattering, dude. <laughs> yeah, you don't like that, do you? The smattering. They like, so you don't want to have it have nothing. It had that weird effect, like the outdoor shows do, where it seems like the crowd noise sort of comes in waves, like there's a delay. 
then you kind of hear it roaring at you. Yeah, and, and you, were, there and you weren't sure. People, there wasn't enough people packed together to make a huge amount of noise. But there was honking and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, there was honking and some people, some people would flash their lights and stuff like that. But, you know... Um... Yeah, so that was weird. So that that kind of lost the crowd, and by this time it was dark. And uh, I tell you what, it was an adventure going to the porta potties because they had porta potties. They obviously had a merch um, and a beer little, tent little and stuff. Bar. Little bar, little bar, yeah. Um, and the beers were actually reasonably cheap, right? I didn't think it was too bad. I was drinking like these like Stroh's lights or something. They're like four bucks. I think I could have literally could have drank fifty of them. I think the urinals were just feeding directly back into the Stroh's light thing. It, it uh, could be. <laughs> But, uh, I don't know that I know that I actually hit the toilet anytime I was in there, right? Because it was pitch black. Anyway. It was crazy, right? So yet the porta potties they were fine in the light, but once it got dark and there's no there was no lighting over by where the porta potties were, it was absolutely pitch black. I mean, if I'd have been there, if if I mean, I'm glad I'm a man, right? So you could stand there and kind of guess where you're aiming. But if you're a lady, damn, I would not have wanted to try squatting anywhere in there because you couldn't see, right? Very enlightened, you know, very enlightened. No, and it's one of those things, too. It's like, do you take your phone out and risk it? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, because maybe you don't want to see what, you, what, you, what you're seeing in there. But, um, well, and then the funny thing was, after you were done, there was like a little dude who was like a little backpack with like a sprayer who would like run in and supposedly sanitize it after you, would, after you were done. But, he well, was really kicking butt at the beginning, but he lost steam at the end. He just was sort of sitting there. But I mean, what was he even? I don't even know what he was. Was he spraying the seat? You think? I don't know because that almost makes it worse because you go in there and everything's moist. Well, exactly. That's another reason why I wouldn't have wanted to sit down. You know what I mean? Even I mean, if I, I had to actually, shit. I'm not a big fan of all these all this constant hand sanitizer, but you can bet your butt I used it after that. I tried. I tried, but uh, well, it doesn't really touch anything except for the door handle. But um, I tried, but the sanitizer thing was empty. The one I tried, so oh, that was good okay. too. But luckily, I brought some. Neil was mm. thinking ahead, so I had some in my pocket. So. That's 2020, man, right? Wallet, keys, phone, sanitizer, right? mask. Yeah. Well, I just figured it might be kind of porta potties and that might be kind of disreputable. So, but anyway, that was, that bit was funny. So, um, anyway. Yeah, that was not a highlight. I mean, if they would have quit after, like I said, after half hour and, and they never did play their big hit, which right. seems sort of strange, especially considering they're sort of the odd band. Right. They were exactly. So all I can say is I'm they betting want to do anything they can do, but. I'm huh. betting. I'm betting that Pegboy won't invite them back. That would be my guess, because John Haggerty did not look excited to be playing the road crew thing, and he especially did not look excited to then for them to be completely out of tune with each other. And I don't know why they invited him on stage to do that, because it wasn't necessary at all, right? I mean, they could have just done road crew by themselves. I mean, it's fun to do a cover, I think. Oh no, I'm just saying I do the cover fine, but there was no need to have John Haggerty come up and play it too oh to have the headliner come out and play with you i mean that's sort of a thing you know is it i don't know hmm. well and, and you know for a band that's not in that scene at all it connects them to the audience maybe a little bit i don't know i don't think it was a bad idea i think if they'd done they a peg just, boy cover it would have made more sense or something they just but need to pull it off yeah oh come on dude motorhead's universal everybody loves motorhead universal or a naked reagan cover that might have been more more because you know john Haggerty played with was the original guitarist for Naked Reagan, so yeah. a Naked Reagan cover might have even made more sense. Just the Motorhead one just seemed random, you know? Maybe it's some well, of their albums, they, I don't know. They obviously hadn't practiced much, so they're probably right. like, hey, what's the song we both know? Well, talking about that, play your next song. No, I was going to say, let's talk about, the. you know, you and I talked about this a little bit, or you, we talked about a lot. The music between bands was almost the best thing, right? 
It was. I really, really loved it. Um, they played, uh, I don't know if someone had a Spotify playlist of like 77 punk rock or something, but man, it was That's right awesome. in my wheelhouse. It's all over the place. Well, it was mainly, it was, I mean, I'd say it was 70% old stuff. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It was all fairly old, but it went it went from you know you 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 like fear to wire. I mean, that's a pretty big spread, right? Yeah, we had wire, we had television, television. Yeah, television, real artsy fartsy. Yeah, Richard Hell. Some... We had oh some Patty. We even had Patty Smith for God's yeah, sakes. Gang, uh, gang of four. Yeah, gang. Exactly. Yeah, we had gang of four. We had Joy Division. Um, yeah, I mean it was good. I mean then they played a couple of uh, Operation Ivy songs, right? And there was there was a certain level of camaraderie. I mean, we were pretty talking pretty friendly with the people around us, right? Right. There was a certain level of camaraderie, and people were sort of mostly wearing their masks. But the fact that it was outside, um, people were pretty much in their own cars. So I really I think it's it's a little silly. Um, but what but what, you know, what I was going back to Tom was we were talking about the Motorhead cover they did. So didn't you want to play the next song? Right. Yes, we're gonna play the in tune version. <laughs> So this is the Motorhead classic. I think it's from Ace of Spades. I swear if I'm wrong. It is. No, it is. You're right. It is. Okay. Um, But yeah, this is We Are the Road Crew Motorhead. Yeah. 
There it was, Road Crew by Motorhead. Uh, so yeah, I don't know why a Nirvana-stylish 90s band decided to play that, but there you go. They did, and they played it very badly. So uh, so yeah. <laughs> so anyway, with the guitar, with their f- guitar feedback still wailing, you know, they exited the stage, and uh, next up was uh, was Pegboy, and everybody was very well, excited. And they did a little before Pegboy played. They did, so they were doing, so, you know, there's a little bit of merch, not a ton. There's some t-shirts, some masks, some posters, which I may regret not buying one of those posters, but I already had, don't have enough wall space for what I have. Um, but they were doing a raffle for Pierre's family, kids and stuff. Yeah, we could win in t-shirts and the poster and, I don't yeah, know, like some sign stuff. A little package of stuff, you know, it's yeah. like buy a ticket for 20 bucks or whatever. And so they drew that. And then... Did the band come right out after that? Um, yeah, pretty much. Because um, they, cause they'd already set up their drums, I guess, at some point, right? So their drums were already on the stage and stuff like that. Uh, so they came on, and Larry wandered on the stage, the singer, and he was clearly drunk as a skunk already, right? <laughs> I still have you there, buddy. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to judge this. Uh, yeah, I finally lost you again. The hotspot the hot dream is dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, uh, I, you know, I don't want to speak to how drunk skunks are. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. How, how did, well, I guess it just rhymes, right? Because I haven't ever, ever seen a drunk skunk, but there you go. Well, it's funny because, yeah, he, he clearly, and he kind of even admitted, he said, I don't really drink much anymore. And apparently he picked this night to do it again, which I get that. You know, if you're not much of a drinker, but you get together with your old friends that you used to drink with or whatever, I, I totally get that. Well, their reputation every time they play is that he's smashed out of his mind. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I had actually um, only seen them one time before, and it was it was actually opening a big show at the Congress for Riot Fest. Hmm. So I'm sure you've seen them a couple times, I assume, at least. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them a lot. In fact, it was a 30 year anniversary, which was the whole point of this. And I actually did see them in 1990. I saw them open up for Social D at the Vic Theater in Chicago. Um, so I probably saw one of the probably tore in their first release. You know, I'd imagine. So. He wasn't drunk then. <laughs> I was very well, impressed. Or either that or you were so much that you didn't notice. Yeah. That was a great Social D show as well. They were, uh, which, which album Relatively were they touring? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Mike Ness probably would have been in his 20s. Yeah. How about that? Uh, so yeah, they stumble on stage and if you think back maybe half hour, we were saying that we had, uh, they were sound checking as we arrived and the sound check was crystal clear. They sounded great and they go into their first song and we all in the car, we all turn around and look at each other and we say, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Cause it sounded terrible, right? Tom. Yes. It was not good. Yeah. I, I, I don't, and I don't know what happened. I'm gonna blame it on local H that they ruined the sound system or something. I mean, but it was like it was like the drummer and the bass player weren't in sync at all. They were they almost seemed like they couldn't hear each other, and then the guitar seemed that kind of out of tune, and Larry didn't seem to be. It, the whole the whole sound was just terrible all of a sudden. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. It was just. It never really it never really improved that much. Well, um, they fixed it a little. Yeah. But it's it was pretty obvious that they weren't super well rehearsed. Either that or the drinking or it was definitely not 
to compare it with the Bull Weevil set earlier, it definitely was not in the same league with it. You know, no, it just not was at all. right. But you know, ultimately the songs are great. You sing along, it's fine. That it wasn't even that. That wasn't even what sort of bummed me out. What bummed you out? Well, what bummed me out was people started going down front. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once Big Boy started. Yeah. Now you were not feeling well because you cannot do it two nights in a row anymore, apparently, Neil. No, man, and we can get so into you, we can get into that in a minute. But Saturday was miserable for me, so I was <laughs> sick as a dog in the car. So you guys got out and decided yep. to go up front. Yep. Scott was really irritated, I think, with the whole situation, and he's like, I think he was thinking was if I go down front, it would kind of salvage the situation. Right. Even though I know he also enjoyed the Bull Weevils and and Jake Burns, I know he enjoyed that too. So we decided to go down front. So we got down front. And there's maybe a hundred people down there, I would guess, but everybody's standing apart, except for you know our own little pods. We're in our little pods, right? right? Family pods. We're yeah. in the car together, or yeah. whatever. You know, you and I and Scott hung out all weekend. Yeah. Um. And they get done with the, I don't know, second song or whatever they played. It might have been Superstar, or whatever. I don't remember what song it was. And I could hear talking on stage, but it didn't look like the band was talking on stage. So they were get, being, being given instruction by somebody. I'm then. pretty sure they were getting talk back through their monitors. Like anybody who's been in a band knows that like when you're doing sound check or something, the guy from the sound booth can talk through the monitors to you. Mm-hmm. So I hear talking and then the singer, Larry said his name is. Yeah. I don't really know the individual names. Is like, I- I'm really sorry, guys. And like I said, he was kind of drunk and he was apologetic and I don't blame him, but he's like, I, I need, you need to back up. You need to go back to, towards your cars. And at that point, our adrenaline was kind of at an all-time high, even though we were standing still, you know, 50 feet from the stage or whatever. And it just sort of sucked the life out of it for us. So we sort of trudged back to the car. And, oh, we probably stayed for another half hour or so. We yeah. watched more than a half hour of Peg Boy, which honestly, that's, you know, the perfect set kind of. But we, we were sort of deflated, and we're looking at all the cars going... And you weren't feeling worth the crap, so it's kind of like, well, let's get out of here. Yeah. So we that, actually, we left after like 35 minutes of Pegway, maybe. Yeah, because as normal, um, you know, on the way in, there was a whole ton of guys in, in uh, you know, in day glow vests with flashlights, you know, showing you at your parking spot. But of course, they'd all gone by this time, so I was just imagining when everybody decided to leave, it was just going to be a fucking shit show. So, yeah, it was like, I didn't mind, I didn't mind cutting out a little bit early, so, so it was fine. Well, it was... I thank you for that. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I, I knew they were going to do something special at the end, so I hope at the end wasn't something so amazing that we that we shouldn't have skipped it, because I know they played Vanilla Blue at the end, right? I mean, they played, yeah, yeah. So I saw a video of it. Yeah, they played, the, yeah, they played the, the Naked Dragon song, Vanilla Blue. And, and they made up uh, more than that, I don't know. But the fact of it is, you know, I don't really have that kind of, I didn't really have the particular attachment to Pierre. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy, love a lot of the music he made, but I, I just didn't have, and, and listening to Larry, I mean, he was... And I don't doubt his genuineness, but he was almost in tears. It's almost like that, you know, you know, I'm sure you've been to plenty of funerals, Neil. Yep. And listening to like people break down at funerals, especially men. And I know this is probably toxic masculinity speaking, but it's very difficult to watch. Well, if you see somebody do it once, you know, okay, you know, fine. But he between almost every song he was doing it and he was raising like a cutout of Pierre's head and then he had Pierre's bass. And he was based. like, he was like throwing that around over his head and, you know, and just, uh, I was you know, a bit much. Yeah. It's just, it's just hard to watch men have that kind of breakdown. Like I said, I mean, it, maybe it shouldn't be, maybe it shouldn't be so hard. I mean, I have two adult sons I've or one adult son, a teenage son. I've seen him break down plenty, but I remember I spoke real brief, briefly at my grandfather's funeral and I kind of lost it for a minute and I really like 
felt bad because I know how hard it is to watch that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was so it was sort of weird like that. I just and I felt sort of like an outsider because I didn't have that level of intimacy. You know? Right, 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 for sure. I felt like a boy, kind of. Yeah. And and like I said, their performance. And once again, I'm not. I'm. I, it's not going to stop me from if they do a club show and we can go back and see them in the spring. It's not going to stop me from going to see Pegboy again or anything like that. But I don't think. You know, as far as performance-wise, I definitely don't think it's they're going to look back and say this was our greatest. No, our greatest performance. I don't think so. So, um, to wrap it up, what did you? Th- well, not to wrap the show up, but to wrap up uh, talking about that show, would you do that again? Would you go to one of those drive-through drive-through? Well, I guess it was a. You know what is it? What do you call like that? Drive-in. Yeah, drive-in. Drive Sorry, drive-in. Would you go to a drive-in show again? Um, and what did you think? Who who was your favorite bands and stuff of the night? How would you how would you rate the whole night, band wise? Well, as far as the whole night, you know, I, I I definitely the Jake Burns thing, like I said, would be my thing because I've seen Paul Weevil's play plenty of solid sets. You know, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I've never seen them play a bad one. Yeah. Um. So the Jake Burns thing, just because I think it was kind of special, and I think that'll stick with us over time. And like I said to both of you guys, I bet you in a couple of years we'll be at a show at Reggie's, we'll be at a show at Cobra Lounge or something, and we'll look back and laugh at this. Hopefully, yeah. But Jeez, hopefully. If this is, in fact, the future, I can't say I have a lot of interest in it. No. Um, this And this occasion, it was nice. You know, you and I don't get together. We haven't got together very many times this year because the pandemic and all that. Was, I think it was only the second time we actually got together in the flesh, right? Third time because Logan's sport. Oh, Logan's Sport. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, but it was nice to get together and hang it out. It was, for sure. Scott had a good time, and it was nice to, you know, it was just nice to be social and, and hang out. So I have no regrets about doing it. And it was basically just an excuse to come hang out because, like, oh, the year's almost over, and we haven't even been up there down to Chicago yet, you know? So we kind of built a weekend around that. So I have no regrets as far as that's concerned, but I can't imagine going that far to see a show like that. I mean, I guess maybe if it was close by, I would consider it. But also, I wouldn't do it if it was one of my favorite bands. I can't imagine going to see one of my very favorite bands in that type of setting. I just right. don't think, especially if I'd already seen them a bunch of times in clubs, you know? I mean, the, the, my bigger thing was uh, there was basically no atmosphere, right? I mean, how could there be? Everyone's sitting in their own cars, all socially distanced and stuff. And so, yeah, the band is playing live. But, I mean, to me, it was just one step above watching a, stream, a streaming gig online. You know, it, yeah. was, it was just one step beyond that, Cause especially because a lot of the time we were looking at the screen. We weren't even watching the band because, you know, the stage was, was pretty far away. Um, so we were... What do you mean there was no atmosphere, Neil? What about that light, the internal light in my wife's car we couldn't get to turn on? <laughs> yeah, we had like our own light show inside the car. <laughs> yeah, it was very oh, yeah. annoying. All those new cars with all the newfangled things that you can't figure out how to turn off. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was very little atmosphere and... Um, you know, it was, I mean, it wasn't obviously a super long drive, but you know, it was a good 45 minute to an hour drive, you know, to get down to the, cause it was on the very, it was on the very South side, it was like seven, 7,000 or whatever South. Um, and you North of town. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it was a drive. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't be in a hurry to, to do that again, uh, for anybody really, I, I have to admit, uh, and maybe that just shows how spoiled we've been, but, um, this yeah, was I, I, nothing. There's something to that, yes. Yeah. And I would say that I agree with you completely. I enjoyed Jake Burns the most, uh, then the Bull Weevils. Then I think I would put Local H over Pegboy. I just didn't think uh, Pegboy were good at all. 
Um, Local yeah, H, you know, the, the first half hour of Local H, I actually was pretty damn impressed, and that drummer was freaking superb. I mean, she he, didn't know any of the songs. I knew the Pegboy songs. To me, that's still a. Well, yeah, but that to me that to me just shows that you know I mean they put on a local H put on a good live show you know the singer was all over the place get singer guitar player was all over the place and the drummer was great so I guess that just shows how disappointed I was in Pegboy the fact that they clearly hadn't done like any rehearsals for this or very few so I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong maybe some of them weren't well or something like that maybe there was extenuating circumstances but. Um, I, but I, I just couldn't understand how the song, the sound was so clear at the sound check and then for it to completely go to hell when they, when they actually had, you know, came on to play the headline and set. How does that happen, Tom? You've been lots of bands. I, I don't know. I never play that late in the bill. I'm always like the early band on the bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with no sound check, right? Yeah. But the yeah. only time we ever played last is like when we got screwed and then we didn't come out till like 1am and nobody cared anyway. So, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to play another song, and then we can talk about other stuff we did there, we did over the weekend. So I'm going to play another Naked Reagan song uh, written by Pierre. I am going to play the song Home, um, which, geez, what album is this off of? Let me remember. Uh, hold on. When they say remember, look it up online, you mean? Yeah, like, exactly right. Even though I, I could guess, but I'll probably get it wrong. Oh, yeah, this was the first track off of um, Before They Broke Up in 1990. This is, they they made the album Raygun, Naked Raygun, um, which a lot of people didn't like because by that time, Haggerty had left. And they had a new guitar, uh, Bill Stevens was playing guitar. Um, so a lot of people were upset that uh, Haggerty wasn't in the band anymore. So a lot of people didn't like that album. I actually like that album a whole lot because I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, like it has some saxophone and some other tracks and stuff like that. And uh, I, I really like it. But anyway, Home is the first track off of it. It was written by Pierre. And so this is Home by Naked Raygun.
there, home, Naked Ray Gun. Off of uh, Ray Gun, Naked Ray Gun from 1990. So, yeah. That was that one. So, that was Saturday, right? Um yep. So, let's let's go back a day uh, okay. to Friday. Because you guys showed up in town at, uh, at about 1 o'clock on Friday. Yeah, 12.30. Yeah, yeah we, we're taking a day off. So, we immediately decided to go downtown to, as we were talking about before, to the D... Well, the, we knew we were going to go to the D-Man Tap because we knew about this 10% off at uh, Bucket of Blood around the corner. But uh, we, you were hungry for lunch. So what did we decide yes. to do for lunch? We decided to go to a Chicago staple, right? Yep, the original Kuma's Corner. Right. Which, if you don't know Which Kuma's Corner... four tables in it. And if you don't know Kuma's Corner, it's, uh, it's like a heavy metal-based bar where they have all the yeah. burgers are named after metal bands, yep. and you know they have a you know, really... Uh, loud metal playing in the place so and and then it got franchised and it's actually all over the place now but you know this was one of the if not the original it was one of the original ones right i think it's the original yeah it, me too because it's small i mean it's small yeah. the one there is small the one in belmont is small well the one that like up in the burbs where you and i went one time it's very like strip mallish yeah and very big and very glass and very open this is definitely an older building and small and course social distancing and all that so it literally had four tables in it right and, and i know they had seating out back but it was cold it was cold we certainly weren't gonna sit when she when he asked us are we gonna sit outside i was like you fucking kidding me and that definitely you know they did the take your temperature this this place obviously was taking things very seriously they took our temperature at the door which those of us with no hair it seems really easy just shoot it at our head and and then we sat down and and they actually asked you to put your mask on when the waitress came up or the waiter came up which was sort of a pain so even at even once you sat down but nevertheless food's always good but you know you're talking about essentially you're talking about $15 hamburgers right the whole thing the whole event pissed me off and it pissed your friend Scott off no end i mean me and yeah. Scott me and Scott are pretty much kindred souls cuz well, we, well the thing is i just you yeah you guys are angrier than i am but it's <laughs> But the thing is, we get it. You got to wear the mask. But I mean, this place had a sign. You couldn't turn your head any degree angle without being reminded. So it was a little overbearing. I, I mean, it, I mean, it was almost to the extent where it's like, if you're that worried about it, don't open the fucking place. Just close. Yeah. Just close it. You know. Um. I, I mean, it was it was to this extent, right? They didn't have menus. You had to scan this little QR code on the That's table. Well, I know That's... it is, but I find that annoying too. Just make make disposable fucking menus. You, well, know? you think it's annoying? What about me? My phone is too old; it won't even pick them up. Well, I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see the damn thing on my phone. Then I couldn't find the beer list because the beer list wasn't on the menu. So it was yeah. that whole thing was just annoying. I really wish we hadn't gone because the bill was like eighty eighty five bucks or something ridiculous for yeah, the three it was, of us. It was a lot of money. We only yeah. had one one beers each, but it was uh, the the burgers were good as usual. But yeah, you know what you get when you go in there, and 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 I don't. Scott said I don't think I'll ever go there again. I'm like eh, I don't know about that. I might. You know, that one up in the suburbs, I, w- I hate yeah. to say it, it doesn't, it doesn't have the personality that the downtown one does, but it's it's all right. Well, it's, yeah, the, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe they are doing the same shit even up in the suburbs, but I don't know. When they wait, the staff kind of annoyed me, too. There was a whole bunch of them, and they had kind of a holier-than-thow attitude. And that kind yeah, of there was more staff than there were customers. I don't know how they're doing yeah, that, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we should, have said, we should have said they had the staff on socially distancing, so why the fuck should we? Right? Well, and then, they went to, and then we did go to the D-Man, which... 
I couldn't figure out what kind of food they had there. Was it Middle Eastern or something? It was kind of, yeah, because it was was like the Donna Man or something. So they have a lot of Donna kebabs and stuff like that. Kind of Middle Eastern, yeah, with a Chicago flavor, I think. But that was. At the end of the day, I wish we would have eaten there just because they were much more hospitable. It was the polar opposite. We came in, I mean, we were in masks. We're not being assholes. But, you know, we sat down. The, the the bartender was cool as hell. He didn't, you know, we didn't have to put our masks on to talk to him. Or they didn't take our temperature. You know, the beers just kept flowing. And it's it's a small kind of hole-in-the-wall type place, but, you know, very cool. The, they had a really good beer selection, which was clearly marked, so we could actually tell what we were ordering. And uh, <laughs> it was it was just night and day from the other pretentious when, when we brought our, place. When we brought our records back, he offered to play them. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. He had a turntable behind the promising, bar. Promising to have soft hands, which yeah. I like. Yeah, he had. Who doesn't a, like soft he seemed to have a twelve-year-old working for him as well, which was kind yeah, of odd. Yeah, this kid, right? Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, I got him some kind of labor laws there. Yeah, very cool. Well, I mean, it was cool. It was completely laid back, right? But no, it was it was great. I would go there again. I would do that whole trip again. Like I said, if if everything was just wide open, I'd do the back and forth. Yeah, and by shot, by but. but so even so, we went to Bucket of Blood, which is a record store that you've been to that I'd never been to, but I've been dying to go to. And our buddy, my buddy Scott, is not a huge record collector, but he's a big book guy and also has a bookstore. So we were pretty excited to go. But even that was weird, right? Um, I mean, a little because we had to to go to Bucket of Blood. You have to make an appointment. You can't just show up and start looking through the records. So we made an appointment. Um, our friend, you know, my friend Jason from Illuminated Brew Works, who make great beer. You should buy it. Um. <laughs> I he, had another one right now. I already drank the one I was working on. Well, there you go. You better watch those, man, because they're about eight percent, I think. I know. It's um, like two beers everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we had a couple of beers at Demand, then went over to Bucket of Blood. We had our appointments at three, I think. Um, yeah, at four, like the last. last yeah, we were the last ones. Uh, so we wandered in. Yeah, we. The four of us had the place to ourselves. Yeah, he, yeah, he met us at the door, and because we had to make an appointment, we were the only ones in there for an hour. So you know, he was he was he was cool enough. I mean, um. He made us put hand sanitizer on before we touched any of the records, which is fine. I mean, that's, you know, it's a very touchy-feely thing, buying records, so that's fine. I didn't have a problem with that. It's very tactile, yes. Yeah, and so we, um, you know, we just browsed. I mean, they got a good, really good selection of punk and, and hardcore and uh, metal. And, yep. um, but then they had a, they got a, a book section at the front and a movie section. So Scott was happy because he's not really a vinyl guy. So he was looking at the books and we, me, you and Jason were happily looking at the albums. And man, isn't it funny how fast an hour goes? It really is. I was actually like, oh, because at some of the other stores I went to later, I'm like, eh, I'm like, I kind of went quick because I, I was the only one in there. So we're like, eh, 15 minutes or whatever. But yeah, no, we were in there the full hour and it was closing time. We were checking out. Yeah. So we, and the second matter is, well, there was two reasons for that. One, they have a lot of stuff in our wheelhouse. And two, we were kind of BSing because we were the only ones in there. Right. Yeah. So, so we want to be... yell across the store, hey, check this out. You know, it was, it was, so that was kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it was. It really was. Um, so, I mean, we both, we both, both bought a lot of stuff in there, right? I mean, what did you buy? Do you remember? Um, I brought, a, I brought a Reproach LP, which is like a hardcore, kind of thrashy hardcore band from Belgium. I got four that I didn't have state seven inches. State's a great hardcore band from Ann Arbor. Um, I got, I got a split. Well, I can't remember what I got where. That's the problem. Yeah. 
but I bought, I, I think I found that split there from those two Milwaukee bands that I like, or actually one's from Milwaukee, one's from Madison, the DUIs and uh, the American Dead. That's right. Yeah, you did buy that there, I think, yeah. I think Adam from, from the DUIs might occasionally listen, so shout out yeah. to Adam. I'll, I'll try to put a picture on Facebook of some of this stuff. And we played the DUIs on our Listener Bands 3, I believe, well, too. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. This was from, I think, 2012, but it was just one of those little things. You know, so I sort of had a strategy while I was shopping in that, listen, there's there's some classic punk records I don't have on vinyl that I want to buy. But the fact of the matter is, it's not super hard to find Milo Goes to College. Right. But when you turn up some of this more oddball stuff, you might not see it again, or at least anytime soon. So I definitely kind of shopped around the margins. Yeah, I mean, and it was cool. The way it was, oh, la- the way it was laid out there. was... Go ahead. I think I bought... There, I think I bought an LP and maybe six, seven inches or something like that. Yeah, and I bought two LPs and four oh, seven inches, I believe. And you yeah. got some more seven inches that were a little pricier. I did, and you know, I, I like the place because you know it's laid out well. So they have a wall of like seven inches, like hardcore um, seven inches, and then yeah, they have okay. another like batch of uh, another another rack of uh, just like just a mix a mix of seven inches like new wave and some old punk and stuff like that and then the super expensive stuff because they do have some super expensive collector stuff and they keep that stuff behind the counter so you have to specifically ask for that you buy anything from behind the counter i did which one which what did you buy from behind the counter it was i got i got the first eater single so eater were a 77 uh punk band from england who were probably famous because they had like like 15 and 16 year olds in the band and i think the drummer was 13 so uh i bought their first single outside view um i bought that there i've been looking for it for ages it's like the only eater single i don't have so i bought that i think it was like 30 bucks but you know original press first press um a good really good condition so that was the biggest thing i bought there then i saw another couple of seven inches uh by um local liverpool bands which i you know i I always look for so one was kind of a post-punk band called ex post facto um and that was only like four bucks so you know it's like no big deal you know and then um a local birkenhead band called instant agony i saw one of their seven inches there so i bought that for like five bucks and then the two albums i bought um i mean i've always loved the first lillington's album you know forever uh but she's not the first but yes the first on the first pan there was one before there was a full length before that called shit out of luck oh shit there was okay yeah i yep. don't don't know that one but I know what you. I'm. I'm. I'm helping you here because I know what you. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I have that one on vinyl too. So you. You bought Death by Television. I bought Death by Television. Yeah, and it was. On, it was fourteen bucks for God's sakes. You their know? best. Their best album. Yeah. yeah. Red Scare albums aren't too bad. Fifteen bucks. Usually yeah. fourteen, fifteen bucks. Love that. Um, and and then I saw. Um. I know. Uh, I think we talked about this with Dr. Frank, but the Mr. T, Mr. T experience has been reissuing a lot of their back catalog, yep. and they've been yep. this label has been doing a fantastic job with the packaging. Yep. Um, sounds rad they're called yeah i mean it it, it really is amazing the the, uh, the detail Massachusetts or something yeah. yeah so i got uh what's it called is it like the sound of uh miss uh mr experience and the and women, the women who, love who love them, them right yeah yes. yeah really cool great Which cover. Is like an eight song like an eight song kind of 12 inch uh, yeah some of that weird that weird length between an ep and a lp kind of so it's a it's a really cool cover it's uh it's like a gray cover textured with like an like a like a 60s style, like Hitchcock style thing of a woman with a knife. And, uh, yeah, it's also die cut. So there's like, she's got a knife and there's a heart and the heart shows through 
the die cut because the inside sleeve is red. So it's just really, really well done. It's silver vinyl, and it's just it was just a really nice package. And that was only fifteen bucks. So you know, and I played oh. that yesterday, and it sounds great. So even though I bought quite a lot of stuff, it was still and with the ten percent off, it was still only about seventy bucks or something for everything I bought. So I I did not buy anything high dollar the whole weekend, but I was really pleased with the stuff I was able to pluck up. Some of it pretty cheap, and even that Meatman record that I was so pleased to find, I didn't pay a ton of money for. So yeah, so um, so so that night, so after we were done with our shopping experience, after an hour, we toddled back to the uh, to the D man. And uh, you guys got your shots, and we stayed in there for about another hour or two. We had about yeah, another, th- we had about another three beers in there because we, we went from the heavy stuff. We went to Stroh's, I believe, after after a while, after a while <laughs> right? And then, did we go to another bar? We went, oh yeah, we went to dinner. Yeah, that, so that so then yeah, so then Jason had to leave. Oh. He gave he gave us his case of uh, Illuminated Brew Works. Buy it wherever you can find it. Um, like a mixed piece of four packs yep. of sixteen ounces. Yes. Yep, six different six different types of, of four packs. Um, so then when he left, we left as well, and we were I was hungry by this time, so we drove up to. Um, your hotel, which was in Skokie, right across from the mall, and there's an Uncle Julio's there, which is a Mexican restaurant. I had never heard of it, I must say. Yeah, um, good. I mean, it's high end Mexican restaurants. It's yeah, not. It it's not it's, cheap. Yeah. Twenty bucks a meal, kind yeah, of place. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. But we don't. We we walked in. They weren't super anal too. When obviously we were in masks and stuff, but we we walked in, and um, you know the food was great. They bring you the unlimited bowl of chips and stuff, which we took advantage of, right? Oh yes, we did. And uh, I made the mistake. I made the rookie mistake, really. And geez, I should know better. Um, I decided to start drinking margaritas, and goddamn, they were so good. You guys were drinking beer us still. into it too, because we yeah. were drinking beer, and then we both—I know we both had at least one. We both had a margarita. See, that's how you really drive the bill up. Those ten-dollar margaritas, right? Yeah, and I was—they were going down so fast. I had like three of them, and yep. uh, it seemed fine at the time. You know, that's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, then we drove back. I. <laughs> drove back to my place well you were probably you probably fell asleep on the couch um i did yep i don't know about promptly i think i sat there for quite a while talking to you guys true yeah true we 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 played some records and you guys had some more beer i I didn't drink anymore at least i had that in my favor but um, the the stuff i was drinking at your house was plenty strong too so yeah we weren't drinking yeah we weren't drinking bud light at your place no yeah you were drinking that um that local evanston brewery um yeah they make they make good stuff man that stuff is good Um, hey, Gatecrasher. Don't talk too kindly about them. Well, that's true, but Gatecrasher is good. Um, but yeah, so I mean, had we were there for like an hour or two, and then I drove you guys back to your hotel, right? And that was that was Friday, and so long story short, I woke up on Saturday and I just felt like death. I felt like I got hit by a truck, and you know, the hangover, the head, and the, all that kind of stuff. That left after a couple of hours, but, man, I felt sick to my stomach all day. Yeah, you watched us eat twice without ever joining us. I did. I mean, all I had to eat all day was one piece of toast and, um, you know, and a, and a couple of bottles of water or something like that. I mean, I just felt green all day. So, I mean, that was a drag because we went to Chicago Saturday, yeah. went to some more record stores. We went to uh, Record Breakers, which used yeah. to be at Reggie's, but now it's its own store. We went there for about. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, you bought a lot of stuff in there, right? I bought some stuff. I bought the, I bought a ten inch, which I know you love. <laughs> I bought uh, a ten inch from Against the Grain, a Detroit band that I like a lot. I got their stuff on CD, but I bought the ten inch of their first record, 
And I got that, man, I found that really good deal on that Raging Nathan's record, Red. Right, right. First first one, right? Yeah, I, got it, I think I got it for like five bucks. Yeah. yeah and then I, I think I got another LP in there too, but I can't remember. Can't remember which one. But yeah, no, I found some cool stuff. As a matter of fact, I went to three stores and everywhere I went, I found cool stuff. I think I told you I got four LPs, two 10 inches, and like 10, 7 inches or something. Yeah. Nice, so, nice little excursion. Yeah. So um, we were there for maybe like, well, we were there for probably only about. 35 minutes or something but then you guys were hungry so there was a giordano's right down the street from there so we went yep. to giordano's and you guys had a deep dish and i watched you i can't believe i didn't eat any of it because that's my favorite pizza in the world and <laughs> uh i just sat there and watched you while i felt green and i had uh, some soda which actually made me feel worse and uh <laughs> and then we decided to drive right down right down uh right down milwaukee and we were going to go to Reckless on Milwaukee. We were going to go to Reckless. We were going to go to Sugar. A bunch of more record stores. But by the time we got down there, it's all about Reckless. Reckless well, were... So, so Scott wasn't feeling like feeling it either. He wanted to get some fresh air. You guys wanted to get some fresh air. You weren't necessarily feeling it. So I went over to Reckless. I like that Reckless in Milwaukee. I've been there with you I do before. too. Yeah, I do. Um, so well, it says in the door, 15 people. I open the door. I look in. If there's not 30 people in there... <laughs> I'd be shocked. But I'm like, there's nobody by the door. I'm like, screw this. So I go in. What are they going to do? Throw me back out? So I went in, and I found some cool stuff in there, too. I got a 10-inch from Avenues, another great Milwaukee band. I got their first 10-inch. I got uh, I got a Brody's Militia LP that I didn't have. I got a random split that I didn't have. You know, I found some cool stuff. Oh, and that's where I actually found my record that I was most excited to find. My uh, and I this was pretty easily available a few years ago, but now it's not anymore. The last Meat Men studio album, which is called Savage Sagas, hmm. and I found found that on Yellow, so that was pretty cool. Used or was it new? It was used. Looked it was near mint, and it really was very reasonably priced. I think it was twelve bucks or something. Okay. So like I said, I actually got a really good haul. I didn't spend a ton of money. Um, here's the th- and like I said, I was sort of like trying to find stuff that. I couldn't necessarily. I have a great record store in Grand Rapids, and I just as soon shop there. Of course, as much yeah, as possible. makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, if I'm looking for a new Suicidal Tendencies album or a new Descendants album, there's no reason I shouldn't buy it in GR. He gets me whatever I want if he doesn't have it in stock, which he has a tremendous amount of stock. So, so yeah, it was cool. Like I said, it was cool to find some stuff, and like I said, I definitely found some good deals. Got a couple seven inches for a buck or two. Um, got some LPs, and yeah, it, it was it was. I had a really good day shopping. I felt a little bad because you weren't up for it physically. And Scott, like I said, only gets into it so much. But you guys found a little bar around the corner where you promptly had a nice water. and he had a... <laughs> Yeah. Well, what happened was, a... so driving down yeah. Milwaukee, Milwaukee was super stop and go. And it was also super bumpy. So, you know, to, to, to add on to my hangover. Like, what are they doing down there? Yeah, I don't know, man. It was a fucking mess. Smooth as the bike paths. The roads are wreck. Yeah. So uh yeah, we got car sick as well as as well as the hangover. So even even Scott was feeling that in the back. So we didn't want to go to the record store, so we just walked around the corner. There was a little bar around the corner we could sit outside even though it was windy as shit. And um he had another couple of beers and I had a water. Now I did walk over to try and meet you in Reckless when I felt a little better, but at that point, maybe because you burst in, uh there was actually a guy on the door stopping people from going in. So well, I'm telling you, I wasn't number 16 going in there. Oh, because, well, anyway, he was there, so there was there was a line forming outside, and I was number four in the line. So I was like, yeah, fuck this. So I just wandered back was off Tyler to the... 
we got to wait in line for our bread? We want to give you money and we got to wait in line? Right. Uh, I know. It sucks. So, and so, I, and the, the fact of the matter is, I wouldn't mind going to Sugar, but um, I felt like it was just going to be you guys waiting around for me if I went to Sugar, so I skipped it. We'll go there next time. Yeah, and by that point, you you got a parking ticket, even though you shouldn't have gotten it because we'd paid the meter, so that was ridiculous too. So that kind of threw a wrench into that. But anyway, it was getting close to... Uh, but it had the wrong... But they, you know... They wouldn't have gave me that ticket if they would have put my license plate number in there, right? So I'm right. not going to worry about it. Right. I have plenty of proof to fight. Right, exactly. So anyway, yeah. it was getting close to the doors were opening. Oh, the doors opening. The, they were letting people in at the at the night gig at like 5. And by this time, it was getting to be like 4.15. So it was almost time for us to go anyway. So we drove down to the uh, to the outside gig. So that was our, that was our Saturday, pretty yeah, much, we, right? Yeah. Matter of fact, we met up a little bit on Sunday to exchange some stuff. And, uh, yep. And uh, you went and hung out with the family, and we went to uh, lunch, and yeah, that was it. Um, did you it enjoy? Was, it was nice. It was did a you, good time. Did you enjoy the Portillos you went to? That was the first I time did. in Portillos, right? It was good. Yeah, it was good. It yeah. was. And once again, you know, it was all the weird protocol, but it was good. Oh, so but but you could eat inside though, right? Yeah, yeah inside definitely. Okay. Did they take your temperature or anything? No, nothing like that. It was just weird. There's just like. It wasn't really very busy inside. I get, you know, the difference between Chicago and where we are, more rural, as soon as stuff opened back up, people were pretty much looking to go back in. So our restaurants are at 50% capacity, but they're they're full. Yeah. 50%. Um, in Chicago, it seems like, and now granted, it's a bigger city, a lot of different setup. People still seem to be afraid to go out because we didn't have a trouble getting in anywhere. Right. Yeah, and, fair and enough. Yeah. Street, now, granted, Milwaukee is not Michigan Street. I get that. And maybe Michigan Street's packed. I have no idea. But I felt like the streets were pretty dead. It still felt sort of weird down there, I thought. Oh, it did. There were stretches of Milwaukee where there was nobody. And for a while there, it was pretty nice Saturday afternoon, early Saturday yep. afternoon. It was yep. pretty nice, and there was nobody out. It was... In the clouds, and it was awful, but yeah. Yeah, it was... It was That that was weird. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll give you that for sure. But uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed Portillo's, because that's classic Chicago, like fast food or whatever. And man, so did you have did you have the chocolate cake, or did my message get to you too late? No, nah, it's too late. Because that chocolate cake is absolutely superb. I mean, you like, have to. Don't worry. I'm pretty sure I still got my 2,000, 3,000 calories in for that meal. Because I got the steak, or I got the sausage, and... and Italian, Italian beef? beef yeah. So this big spicy sausage, which is excellent, and then they cover it in beef, and then cheese and peppers, and then I got the fries, of course, which are fine. I know you raved about the fries. I thought they were all right. Hmm. They're crinkle, crinkle cut fries. They're like fries Grammy used to make, but they're fried. And what I what I really splurged on was I saw it on the door they had like a salted caramel shake. Oh shit! Wow. Two sizes, right? Yeah. Small or large? I'm like, well, I'm a greedy bastard. I'll get the large. It was like 32 ounces. <laughs> but by the time I got to the bottom, even my gluttonous self was like, oh boy, that might have been a bit much. Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it because yeah, Portillo's is a Chicago classic, you know. No, it was good. It was good. We did enjoy it. We, you know, like I said, everything about the trip and even the show, it was not. It was not anybody's dream show, and yeah. I'm glad we didn't pay. Um, but it was, you know, it was okay. I'm actually, I, I plan to write a review of it. Um, just because I haven't been able to write a live review this year, and it'll probably be way too long. Um, but I do plan to write it out too, just to kind of, you know, as a sort of token of 2020 right but i would what i'd like is if anybody has like an army of super smart chimps who could just transcribe this show and edit it down (laughs) into a so i didn't have to do the trouble that would be great too yeah there you go 
Well, anyway. talking about that, you want to play a last song? Do I still have a song left? You do. You have a strong reaction. Oh, oh the pe- one more Pegboy song. Yes, okay. sir. Both my Pegboy songs. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's let's play let's play Pegboy Strong Reaction title track from their first album, which came out in '91. And yeah, so this is Pegboy Strong Reaction. <laughs>
There you go. With our last song of the night, that was Peg Boy, Strong Reaction. So, yeah, that was your... That was your long Chicago weekend, Friday, Saturday, half of Sunday. So uh, I really enjoyed having you guys here. It was a hell of a lot of fun. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, we're, if we can't go to the big shows, we can we can get together still and hang out and have a good time. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was um, awesome. I'm hoping you guys do it again sometime. And I promise the margaritas, I'm not going to do three next time. <laughs> come back up here too. So anyway. So you, you, the, the fact of the matter is you, you're going to probably be going to England pretty shortly here. I am. Yeah. Um, I, I got, I got some things I have to take care of, uh, in England, unfortunately. And, uh, I might be gone for, I might be gone for up to a month, but so. I am taking my laptop with me. So we should be able to record at least one show, maybe, maybe a couple, you know, of shows in England. And that might be kind of interesting. So, uh, you know, uh, the drummer for the Beatles. Yes, okay. yes. I'll find Pete Best or or yeah or Jerry Marsden from the Pacemakers, and we can do a we can do a Mersey Beach show. Yeah. So we're gonna try to, we're going to try our very best to keep bringing you this quality content, or maybe we have a few that we've already recorded. Maybe we'll kind of stretch them out a little bit. Maybe yeah. people will never notice, but I just thought we might might mention that we might be slowing down a little bit for a, a short term. So yeah. Um, so, or maybe not, who knows? And if any of our listeners actually, I don't know if we have any listeners in Liverpool, but if anybody is or in the, in the area, um, get a hold and, uh, and then maybe if we're allowed out without being shot, you know, cause of COVID, um, we could, we might actually be able to meet up and, and have a drink or something. That would be cool. I just won't drink any margaritas. How's that? Easy, easy to get a hold of us, of course, punk till I die 77 at Gmail or punk till I die podcast on Facebook. And once again, thanks to, uh, illuminated brew works. Yep. Thanks, Jason. I mean, Thanks, Illuminated Brew Works. Yes, you do good work. I, I enjoyed this. Enjoyed having them as a sponsor so much that I'd gladly do it again for another, for another mixed case of. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. If anybody else is interested in being a official, you know, sponsoring an episode of the Punk Die Die podcast, reach out, and I'm sure we can figure something out. Yep. There so, you go. Yeah, thanks thanks so much. Neil, do your thing and we will uh we'll talk to you all again soon. Yeah, talk to you all again soon. Stay free and keep a little mark in your heart, everybody. So I will talk to you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Uh-huh.